Yes, okay. Okay. Anybody here has listened to a sermon by Peter? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have some. Yes. Okay. Great <laughs> well, testimony. Yeah. Super. A testimony. So Peter, uh, uh, I know Peter from Bible College. Actually, that's the first time I met him in Bible College. Uh, really, really radically, radically sold out for Jesus Christ. Passionate about righteousness. My Lord. And. Uh, <laughs> So I've already kind of started giving you hints. <laughs> but he is a wonderful, wonderful man, a wonderful brother. His wife is also here. Um, Ruth. Woo! Still here. She's here, live and kicking. And they have two, three children who have gone off. Naomi, Ruth and Naomi and... Uh, Samuel, David and Naomi. Samuel, David and Naomi, okay. So that's, that's the order. Yeah, so wonderful family. Um, we love them. And we are so, so blessed to have them here. And uh, really, I don't want to steal your thunder, so I'm just going to let you introduce your topic. But I just want to pray over him and just really speak into his life. And please join me in doing that. Father, we thank you for Peter. We thank you for the family, Peter, Ruth, and uh, the children. We thank you, Lord, for the wonderful things that you're doing in their life. And we just want to acknowledge that. We thank you for... Um, the doors you've opened for them in this country. We thank you for the wonderful things that you've gone ahead of them to prepare and to organize. And Lord, we are so looking forward to what you've placed in this heart for us. Our hearts are open to receive, our minds are ready to accept and believe. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Monica, thanks a lot. Yeah, what, a, what an introduction. Wow, and I've got some extra power. So, um, yeah, I, I feel happy to be here today, and more so when I've heard some of the things that have already been shared. Yeah, we're getting a little bit of feedback. Um, so, as Monica says, I've... Uh, uh, well, I'm trying to remember everything that she said, but I'm here in Uganda by the grace of God. God called me to Uganda. It wouldn't have been my choice. Uh, I left Zimbabwe when I was about six years old. And I would have, if it was my choice, I would have gone back to Zimbabwe. I love Zimbabwe. I never wanted to live there. But I was told when my parents were explaining these things to us that we're emigrating. And, uh, and that means you don't come back. Well, when you're six years old, you don't get to decide those things. So, but in my heart, I was thinking, no, I want to go back to Africa. So when I finished my degree, uh, I, and I had just gotten born again, that came up again in my spirit that I wanted to come back to Africa. But God led me to come back to Uganda. Um, I, I have been back to Zimbabwe once, uh, but God called me to be here in Uganda. And I consider myself privileged to be here in Uganda because of the faith of Ugandans and what God is doing in this nation. And we're going to get a chance to, to look a little bit at that today. But specifically, this brother shared about the anointings that are on and the positioning. Um, we are not just carnally looking for to be the top person, but there are positions, there are callings on our lives individually that you need to uh, earnestly desire the, the, those gifts, yes? So it's not just a, a nice prayer that we pray and say, let everyone discover. This is important, yeah? If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And the verse before it says that though we once knew Christ after the flesh, we now know him no longer. So looking at each other, 
We are not just, you know, oh, there's that tall guy who used to be in Zimbabwe, Rory. Oh, we know Rory. To know Rory is to know who he is in the spirit. To know you is to know who you are in the spirit. Because if we could see your born-again spirit, it would be so awesome that we would be like the Apostle John, tempted to pull down and worship you. That's who we are in Christ, yes? Now, our day-to-day experience of um, just reminders of who we are in the flesh are, are, are really a distraction from that. So uh, I want to share a little bit, and I want to share a little bit out of the overflow of um, uh, what, I've, what God's been speaking to me. There's a, some, God spoke something very powerfully to me this week, so you're just going to get the privilege. that I'm going to try my best to share it, but something that's seen, and you try and put it into words. But I did also prepare for you. So um, God's vision for your life. Okay, I want you to turn to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. It says, and God help me to explain these things the way that you want them explained. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9, it says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Praise God. So the eye hasn't seen, the ear hasn't heard, and it hasn't even entered into the heart of man. By your natural self, you are so limited. You can't even perceive the things of God. They're so good that it goes on to say, but God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Praise God. The things that are really important about you, they have to be revealed to you by the Spirit. They are just so awesome that even though we tell you and you hear with your ears, yes, and you you see with your eyes, and even you can think about it in your heart, well, your heart is like a meeting place of your your spirit and your soul, yes? And it's the place where the, the decisions are being made, yes? But naturally speaking, you can't understand the things of God without the help of the Holy Spirit, yes? And it is upon you to not look at yourself as just an ordinary person of this tribe or that tribe, but to see yourself as an awesome, recreated child of God. Before I was born again, I completely messed up my life. I completely messed up my life and failed. And I got myself so far into sin. I think my kids know this testimony by now. I thought, you know what, I'm not worthy to be a dad. But when Jesus came into my life and revealed to me and I started reading my Bible on my own, because I didn't even want to let people know that I was now serious about God, because I thought they won't believe me. They know that I've gone to church, I've done all these things, and that, you know, this is a person that you can't believe what he says. So I was seeking God privately. (laughs) I was, because my family knew. But God came into my life and he started rebuilding my life supernaturally God has been putting my life together and I'm still a work in progress as my wife will tell you yeah I'm still being one but in the spirit I'm awesome in the spirit I'm perfect and I'm righteous and I'm everything God wanted me already right now not in the future in my spirit I am just so awesome and so are you if you're born again and if you're not born again you need to get born again yes and you know, this speaks to, I'm glad, uh, I don't know whether Monica was prompted from what I've preached before, 
But in 1995, I, I, so I made friends with a, a Nigerian uh, minister. Ruth knows him. He's called Bill. He's still alive, supernaturally, by the promises of God over his life. Yes. Um, I, and he was counseling me. And so I spent a bit of time praying and fasting. And uh, in 1995, Jesus ap appeared to me in a way that uh, I, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but it was so clear that you even start to see what Jesus looks like. I, I, don't, know, I don't know how to... And the verse that he spoke is the exact same one that was shared. And the exact same version as, as Monica shared this morning. That's why I said, I don't know, Monica, if you remember me sharing this before, but from the Amplified, that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, here's the challenge. As you go through life and you go back to work Monday morning, it could be that even as you read your Bible and as you think about things, that in a sense, nothing seems to be ministering to you. God seems a million miles away. But this is how we, we fight our warfare. We stand on what the Word says. The Word says, He will never leave me nor forsake me. Now, Jesus, I don't know whether it's because of, you know, the, the problems that He had with me. He had to minister to the, me to that per personally. But that's a scripture that goes right back to Joshua. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you cannot understand God through just your feelings and your emotions. Yeah? You have to stand on the word. You have to say that I don't care what I think and feel. The word says he'll never leave me nor forsake me. Can you say amen to that? Because we've got to be bold about this. I may not feel it. I may have many things cramming into my thoughts that I'm not worthy, that I'm sinful, that I've got problems, that, you know what, I've let God down, that I'm not who I'm supposed to be. But the Word says He will never leave me nor forsake me. So I choose to believe the Word over my circumstances. I choose to believe the Word over my feelings. And this is how we do spiritual warfare. Real spiritual warfare is standing on the Word. Yes? If, if God has said it, it's true. And if the circumstances talk differently to me, I answer back to the circumstances. Yes? Because of who I am in Christ. And I'm not boasting about myself in the sense of anything other than what God has done. Yeah? I know what a failure I was without Jesus. Yeah? You also have some idea of that. Everything I'm boasting about is the, the new creation that I am in Christ. Yeah? And God is not moody. Yeah? The challenges are that we face. He's not like He loves you one day and the next day He's annoyed with you. He loves you constantly. He always loves you. Yes? And He's always wanting to minister His life and His purpose to you. So stop seeing yourself after the flesh. We had our, our former director. He would say, you'd ask him what tribe he is. And he said, I'm, I'm from the north. But really what he means is I'm from heaven. He just would not tell you what tribe. I still, to this day, I don't know which uh, tribe he is. I can tell you his name. Maybe you can work it out. But I care less. Yes? He won't tell you. Because he does not want... And he even says... Now, I hope this is not going to offend my brothers here. He says, I'm not black. Because he does not want people pigeonholing him and saying, you are this or you are that. You are this tribe or that. He says, I'm a child of God. He doesn't even want man of God. Don't knows him. Call him man of God. He just ignores you. Yeah? He just wants child of God. Praise God. And you don't see yourself after the flesh. Yes? These are the very things that divide us and stop the anointing from flowing. Yeah? Praise God. Amen. So there are things that we need the Holy Spirit to reveal about our lives. 
And I, I thank God for the prayer because that's exactly what I was thinking as I came in here. I believe, or I am led to believe, or I consider that this church has a great anointing concerning uh, praise and worship and music. So if you're going to be the next Hillsongs or Bethel, go ahead, yes? Because there's something special. And then you come to the African School of uh, Music, yes? But even if it's not, even if you've got the prison ministry, or even if your ministry is to go, but you need to discover who you are in Christ, yes? And you will never be disappointed because God has a very special purpose for you. He never made a dud. So he's never made a failure, yeah? By myself, I would be a failure. But with God, I'm awesome. So awesome, I haven't even begun to understand. Well, I've begun to understand a little bit about it. And the same is true for you. You are awesome, but you have to have these things revealed to you by the Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit, what is it you are leading me into? Yes? Let Him lead you and guide you. Because when you go in that direction, you'll find that, you know what? It's not really me. It's the grace of God working in my life. I've seen this. Yes? I chose in 2021 to leave a well-paid job where they were pleading with me to stay there. It was so easy. The work was so easy and it was so well-paid. But God called me to Uganda. When I got back into Uganda, this is a testimony since I last preached, yes? When I got back into Uganda, still the same struggles of visas, you know what, residency, so on, yeah? yeah I don't know if you think it's very easy for us, yes? All of these struggles. It's not. It's like they... They say, you give us hard time when we come to your country, we want to give you hard time when you come to us and you experience it. Do you know what? I submitted, I did not submit any different papers than I'd already been submitted and deferred and deferred and deferred, yes? Until I'm tired of that word deferred. What does it really mean? Yeah? And I just sent one email just saying, please reconsider my application. And I was granted residency. Praise God. It wasn't, it wasn't cheap, it wasn't cheap, but the moment I spoke to our mission coordinator back in our little church in UK, the very people said, we're not going to wait for other people to get to know about this, we're going to send you the money. It was a lot of money actually, $4,000, yeah? But I thank God because through that, it now led an opportunity for me to do the work that I'm doing. And I love my current job that I've got, so Dawn knows this. I get in early, sometimes I'll get in earlier than other people and leave later than other people. I love it. And I love solving problems. So God is like, thank you. You're just, you're just being nice to me. <laughs> Praise God. And I, yeah, it's tiring, but I just love it. I, I love what I'm doing. I want to see the gospel go further and I want this gospel of grace. So I've got my own testimony, but I also have struggles. But I've learned to understand that what goes on in my mind is not the final definition of me. Yes? It's not. What you are, the struggling, we fight these, uh, these thoughts, yes? And we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I am a new creation. I am loved by God. I do have a purpose. Praise God. And that purpose is so awesome. It's so awesome. It's beyond. The only thing that's holding it back is me not renewing my mind to the Word of God. God is just so good, Yes? And his plan for me is so awesome. And his plan for you is so awesome. He's no respecter of persons. His plan is beyond your wildest dreams. Yeah? Don't choose your life. Don't, don't, don't dis Paul says, I don't even judge myself. Other people judge me. I don't care. And I don't even judge myself. It's the Lord who judges me. Meaning he's not even condemning himself. He just waits for God to tell him what to think about things. 
Praise God. Amen. Amen. So, I, I want to address something, and I hope you're not going to be mad at me. Wow, this guy's quick with the, the Scriptures. John 15, 5. Yeah? He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And a lot of times we'll be aware of the, the fact that without Jesus, we can do nothing. But I want to remind you again of that verse which Monica shared, because it's like the foundation verse of my life. God has said he will never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah? It's true that without Jesus, you can do nothing. But you're always, he has promised to never leave you nor forsake you. Does that mean you won't get experience failure? When you choose to ignore what he's revealing to you and what you choose, then you can experience some degree of failure. We all have flesh and we all are tempted. It's a funny situation. I was coming back, was it Friday? I was coming back from work and I sat next to this lady and I just still feel sorry for her. She was reading a book and I looked at the title and it's saying the steps you must take to enter heaven, the righteous works you must do to enter heaven. And I said, oh God. And I thought, now, I, I don't know whether it's wise to challenge this lady. So I said to her, are you a Jehovah's Witness? No. And I said, are you Seventh-day Adventist? She said, no. I said, well, okay. She says, I'm born again. And I said, but look at this title. You, I can't agree with that. I'm sorry, I was a bit intrusive. I don't know whether I did the right thing, yes? For that one. You don't need to judge me. I won't judge myself. The Lord will judge me. <laughs> but I just felt sorry for her. And she, she, she's been taught to resist the message of grace. Yes? That, you know, once you're born again, you, 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 know, you have to do all these things to fulfill righteousness. And when I tried to talk to her about, well, what about the issue that you still sin and you still know that you fail? She did not want to admit that she sins. She's saying, you mean to say that you, you, you're okay with sin? I said, no, but sin lives in my body, yes? And yet in my spirit, I'm perfect, and I'm renewing my mind. I tried to say so very many things to her, and the scriptures were just condemning, the scriptures seem to be condemning her because it says, you know, and anyone who is not born of, the one who's born of him does not sin. If anyone continues sinning, you know those verses. Do you know them? The one who's born of God. Let's turn to them quickly since I've mentioned them. 1 John 3, 9. I tried to show her that God is not judging her and that God is not against her, but I don't know whether it worked to her favor or not. It says, uh, one John three nine. It says, "Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin." So does that mean that when in my flesh I commit sin? I mean, it's a challenging verse for religious people. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. That's what the Baganda say. How can it say that the one who is born of God does not sin? And this lady was like, error, no compute. She just could not get her head around this. And the explanation is very, very straightforward. In your spirit, you do not sin. Can I get an amen there? I think it's worth it. In your spirit, you do not sin. But sin still lives in your mind. So don't overpraise your mind. And the Baganda will say, Olugezi, Gwezi, Wo. Yes? In, in your brain is where the problem is. 
And in our Western culture, we exalt the mind. As you know, he's a genius. We just, you know, we're in awe of this guy, yes? But the mind is where the battlefield is and it's where the problems are. But in your spirit, you don't sin. That's what it's saying. Because it, 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 otherwise, that means I'm not born again. Because I, if you're talking about my flesh and my body, I do still sin in my, my flesh. I make choices based on my fleshly desires and I sin. My flesh does, yes? But my spirit, the real me, the real me that is instantly in the presence of God when this body is done, does not sin and it has not sinned since I was born again. Can you, can you get that? Or it's too... Whoever has been born of God does not sin. I didn't write that. It's there in the Bible. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he's born, born of God. The real you is a spirit. A righteous spirit, just like Jesus. Beautiful, perfect, and without sin. But you are still in a body. Yeah? And you need to renew your mind. Don't be limited by your mind and your thoughts. There's a higher way, there's a way of revelation by the Holy Spirit about who you are in Christ. And it's a cause for rejoicing every day. Praise God. And Jesus is with us. He says, without me you can do nothing, but he's with us. Praise God. And I, for me, I, I thank God, because God is... Um, yeah, the other verse that goes... I also tried to share that verse with her, and, uh, but she still wouldn't own up to sinning. So, <laughs> But the difference is this. In my spirit, I am righteous. In my spirit, I'm healed. So if I'm, you see me with a leg missing, yeah, and I say to you, I'm healed, say, no, no, you're not. We can see your leg is missing. Yeah? But in my spirit, talking from my spirit, is absolutely true. I'm healed. You can speak what is true concerning your spirit. You can speak out of your spirit exactly the truth. You can say, I'm healed. It'll make the devil mad. It'll make religious people mad as well. Because they say, no, you're lying. I can see very well you're still sneezing and you're on a hospital bed and you say, I'm healed. Because which, who are you really talking about? You're talking about the real you, your spirit, you are healed. Praise God. Anyway, I didn't mean to get into that. Let's go on a little bit further. Okay. We are not without him. I thank God for revealing that to me in a personal way. I wanted to please God. I was seeking God. I was doing what I knew best, but it's still the grace of God that he revealed to me personally that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Yes. He revealed that to me, but you know what? That is true for every believer. Put your feelings aside. Put your emotions aside. God is faithful. He's always with you, and he's always got a good plan for you. I want to just share this with you because it's a challenge that we face but I thought it was very, very good. It doesn't necessarily go so well with our, my sermon, but it can help you. Uh, Rick Renner said this. He says, spiritual boredom, yeah, when you're bored of spiritual things, comes from hearing the word and not doing it. Yeah? You know James 1.22 says, uh, beloved, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Yes? If there's a point in which spiritual things have become boring for you and they become less relevant to you, yes? You need to take measure because you only have what you measure, yeah? You need to take a measure of what are you doing? What has God spoken to you that you need to be doing, yeah? Because spiritual boredom, to find spiritual things boring comes from that problem where you've been preached so many messages to you. You've heard it all before and it becomes boring to you because you're not doing it. Yeah, that's his point. And that's just a challenge for us, yes? 
you know you need to start saying about yourself, I am righteous, even though your thought life is screaming that you are not righteous. Hello? Am I the only one? Does anyone else have problems with their thought life? Am I the only one? I'm going to admit, I have problems with my thought life. Big problems with my thought life. Or Monica as well. And uh, Rory's, Rory maybe. Anyone else have problems? Yeah, are we religious people? You, are you like the lady on the taxi? Right? No, for me, I don't. Why do you want to sin? For me, I don't, don't sin. <laughs> I feel sorry for her. That lady must be so condemned. By, not by God, but by herself and her own conscience. Because she, even now she knows she's lied. You know? Just trying to make out that she doesn't sin. Now, does it mean that we are we just careless about sin? No, sin will destroy you. Sin will take you as far as it can to destroy you, to destroy your flesh, and even to that place of renouncing Christ, if you will let it. Sin is deadly. We don't mess with sin. But we know we are on an, we, our minds are under constant attack, and the devil will always hit you at your weakest point because he knows that it can get you discouraged. But condemnation should not keep you out of the ministry. If our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. Praise God. And He knows everything. He knows who you are in Christ. I love that verse. 1 John 3.20, if you need to write it down and repeat it to yourself. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and He knows everything. He knows everything about this guy who stands. He knows everything about you. He loves you. He chose you. Yes? He knows very well what He's doing. It's only us that need to catch up with Him. Yeah? Praise God. When we go out to evangelize, it's not like we have to persuade God to love these people. He loves you more than them. He knows what's going on in their lives. He loves them. You are catching up with God. When you want to administer healing to someone, He already released healing 2,000 years ago. He's not waiting for you to pray, in a sense, or He's not, he's not waiting for you to pray to think, should I release healing? <laughs> the problem is with us in our minds. We look at things, we measure things, we look for, for outward things, yes? But God has already... Because, for example, when you decided to get born again, was that when God decided to forgive your sins? No. He forgave your sins 2,000 years ago, didn't He? It was already available. What happened was the Spirit of God led you to the point to say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And bang, it didn't, God didn't, it didn't run past His desk. Can we admit this one? He had moment you said it, it was only God waiting on you. And that's how it is with everything. It's just God's waiting on you. His power has already been released. By, his, by whose stripes you were healed, Peter says. And you know, you could say, well, we've seen today that some people didn't receive their healing. Well, it's not God's fault. The power has already been released. He wants everybody well. He never created this world with sickness in it. It was us who led it in, Adam and Eve, yes? And I, I, I don't know why, but it all comes back to Adam. <laughs> <laughs> but it comes back to the first Adam sinned is what the Bible says it doesn't mention again that much anyway let me get, not get off onto that if God has a great and awesome future for you yes you have to pursue it by the spirit yeah and by faith that you take the steps the Holy Spirit is leading you to do yeah and be faithful like the brother preached Rory preached on be faithful in the little things I totally agree with that yeah you get your toe healed, shout about it. God healed my toe, yeah? I, I could share something, but I'm embarrassed to share it. But it would t Okay, let me share it in a way that you don't, you don't see how small it was, because if I told you how small it was, you would be like, that's not even a testimony. But the technician and I were with the fingerprint scanner, and I thought, you know what? 
According to my position, I have to have the admin uh, account. And none of us could work out how to set it. And then I just found a way to set it. I just okay, well, I'm not going to tell you how I did it, because it was very, very simple, but I managed to get it, yes? And I remember that verse, that blessed be the Lord God who trains my fingers for war. So <laughs> Another for that revelation of who you are and what God's calling you to be. Yeah. It's so important. Just say for me, you know, I'm not so interested in reading the Bible. Baganda say, Chitalo, Chitalo Nyo. For my brother, what a pity. They normally say that when somebody dies. Yeah? If you are not in the Word, you are limiting God. We are capable, Psalm 78, they limited God. If you are not in the Word, the way for God to reveal you things is going to be somewhat limited. Yes? Praise God. Now, this is what happened. This week just gone. Sorry, I'm getting on to the, towards the end. I want us to just read this, and I, I, I just pray that you can see it. Isaiah 65. I just, I want, my purpose is to encourage you about who you are in Christ. Isaiah 65 and verse 17. I've read this verse many times, and I'm looking it up, but I've got it written down. Are you there? Isaiah 65, verse 17. And I want to share with you the revelation I got on this. Are we there? Okay, so in Isaiah 65, he says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. And I got a revelation as we, were, as we just read that. We just, I was listening to preaching. This is why I'm telling you, position yourself where you're hearing the word. Yeah? Because it's not really about me communicating a message. It's about God wanting to speak to your heart and just confirm to you that he loves you and he's got an awesome plan for you. And don't limit yourself to what you already know. Receive revelation by the Spirit. Yeah? And as I was reading that verse... It says, Behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. I saw myself standing in eternity, full of joy. And I was not thinking, there was no reason for me to think about my life here on earth. I'm sorry for the people I love, but this is a common experience for people who step into eternity. Yes? That their mind is just on everything that God has put in front of them. Yes? They're not thinking about things that are going back on earth. And the joy that is set before me, I got a, a revelation of this, just that this is so awesome. There's going to be coming a point where I'm just not even going to think about my life here on earth, that I'm just going to be looking at everything that God has prepared for those who love him. I'm trying to put into words what I saw in a picture, yeah? I, I, and I hope you get that. There is going to be a point where you stand in the presence of God and with all the glory of God and everything that he's done and you just will not think about this life anymore. It just won't come into mind. It's not, it's not talking about the, just the earth. Everything to do with it, it's just going to be like, that is just, we, we're not even thinking about it. Why would we want to think about it when God has prepared all of this in front of us? Now, I know we have things to work out. 
our calling, our anointing on earth, that we can take as many people with us because the sins of the world have been forgiven. Why should people go to hell? Jesus paid. He's the propitiation not only for our own sins, but the sins of the whole world. Everyone is going to die when their sins are forgiven them in the sense that the, the price was paid, yes? But it's only those who believe will receive the payment. Do, do we agree? <laughs> I'm not getting mixed, mixed up on theology that, you know what, everyone's going to heaven. No, they're not, sadly, yes? The road is narrow and only a few find it. But let's get as many people as we can. Let's be the best version of ourselves that we can to take as many people with us. And the joy comes from knowing the covenant that we are in, the new covenant, the covenant that is better than the covenant God made with Abraham, the new covenant, and knowing that you are completely forgiven. Now, I had some fun with my former students because I was a math teacher, and we were talking about things and the mistakes that they would see me making because I'm a person who makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah? And I, I said to them, you know what? Yes, I made that mistake, but you know what? I'm a forgiven man. Amen. Praise God. And even in this taxi, this lady was trying to make out that I like sin. And, you know, why do you like sin then? <laughs> As if she had not. I said, you know what? I'm not necessarily winning the argument, but I'm a forgiven man. Amen. I stand as a forgiven man. Let's, let's help other people to also enter into this forgiveness. Let's not be selfish to say my life is about, what is it that Moses Mukisa says? You know, one wife, what, two children, three-bedroomed house, three house four-wheel drive, Five-figure salary. Have you heard this guy, Moses Mukisa? Very funny guy. Yeah, one wife, two children, three-bedroomed house, four-wheel drive, and a five-figure salary. What a load of rubbish. Yes? And then you die. And it's okay because you looked after your wife and kids. What a selfish vision. No, the vision is, let me be who God sees because the Holy Spirit is working to make me the excellent person that he's done. He's, he's done. I, I want to I say this because I, I, listening to a, a different, another preacher, I got a revelation of this. The Holy Spirit is working in our lives to raise us to that position of excellence as who he sees in us. So we have a big thank you to say to the Holy Spirit when we, when we get through with this life because it wasn't his, you know, he is working to raise us to that. And his vision for us is so big and it's so awesome, and he takes pleasure in it, and he takes pride in it that I've raised my son up to this point where he believes in the covenant, he believes in who he is in Christ. And his faith, how can I say it? And you, and me, he wants to raise us up to that place where we don't walk according to the flesh and according to what we're seeing, but our vision is of who we are in Christ. We are sons. I know there's a distinction in the flesh according to sons and daughters, yeah? But let me tell you, even if you're female, you are a son. The covenant rights of the firstborn, of being co-heirs with Christ, they belong to you. The flesh is a, 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 a kind of temporary thing. You have the rights as a son. So you can put to bed some of that feminism, because it's misplaced, yes? <laughs> Those things you were looking at, why do the guys get this? And, you know, why do they get it as, as sons in the kingdom? you are granted all the privileges that come from being co-heirs with Christ. Okay, so let me just... Uh, the Holy Spirit wants to reveal things to you. The problems you're facing, the struggle with sin, He is our helper, He's our counselor, He's our comforter. Yes? 
So the ministry of the Holy Spirit is such a big deal in our life. To take us away from the small things of our thinking and to open up to us who we are in Christ. You are awesome. If things don't work out the way you want, you are awesome. Yeah? Tell your neighbor that. Dawn's doing it already. You are awesome. So, did somebody tell you that recently? Did your spouse tell you that? I think that must be a real revelation when your spouse tells you that, the one who knows you very well. You are awesome. And no, but your flesh is a little bit annoying. <laughs> Just say, you are awesome. The Spirit of God is telling me to tell you, you are awesome. You're awesome. You are so awesome. Jesus died for you. God is so happy that you received the invitation. He's so happy about it. Things are not ordinary the way you see them. The Bible says he's rejoicing over us with singing and dancing, I think, some translations. Zephaniah 3.17, isn't it? Something like that. So, we are sons, we are rulers. And this year, let there be an even greater manifestation. Even when I feel low, I'm a son. I'm a son. The Bible says the creation is waiting eagerly for the sons of God to manifest. That's us. Stop walking around with small thinking. Thinking, uh, you know, I'm just a little guy, you know, a little person. I don't have much money. Whatever it is we're thinking about ourselves and start realizing, how is it that God chose me to be his child? How is it? Why would he choose me? And what is it that he's got in store? And he says he will re- these things are revealed to us by his spirit. Praise God. So we say, we know this verse, let me finish with this. It says, Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called, who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. That's you. God actually wants to, he's justified you and he wants to glorify you. Wow. Somebody with a religious mind and misunderstanding the other verse will say, well, God doesn't share his glory with other people. No, he doesn't share his glory in that sense. He is the, the, the one true God, but he wants to raise us up to that position of glory. That people marvel, how do you people do it? How, how is it? You know that before Christians were called Christians, they were called the followers of the way. Did you, did you ever hear that? Yeah? Do you know why? Because they found a way through any kind of situation. <laughs> Tragedy, problems, they had a way. People, what? How do you people do it? And then you just point them back to Jesus. You say, you know, it's not me, but, you know, Jesus lives in me and he makes a way for me. It's an awesome, awesome experience when you look and you realize God is the one making a way for me. Yeah, there's no other way to live other than the way that God wants you to live. Letting him be God in your life. So I thank God for that, that I've experienced that. There is favor over your life. Tell your neighbor, there is favor over your life. Tell them again. If you have to embarrass yourself and get up, tell them there is favor over your life.
Praise God. There is favor over our lives. This is going to be an awesome year. We were calling up partners and I was saying, are you excited about February? I mean, what's February, God? I just feel excited, you know. Welcome to the new year. Happy new year. Are you excited for this new season? In a sense, I didn't even know what season am I talking about. I know that there's been prophesied revival over Uganda. Have you heard about that? Yeah? Have you heard about it? You're looking at me with kind of doubtful eyes, some of you. Yes. The sons of God to manifest, to realize that, you know what, I can put aside my own feelings about myself and my doubts and my fears and so on. God has done a work inside of me. I'm a new creation. Let me rejoice in that. Let me rejoice in God. I know I have my failures. Big, big failures. But I'm not just who you see in the flesh. 2 Corinthians 5.16, though we knew, once knew Christ after the flesh, yet we know him no more. Don't look at that person and say, well, I know his name and I know his behavior and I know he hasn't got, you know, or I know he hasn't got any money or I know they're having problems in this, that. No. Do you really know that person? They are awesome. God chose them. Your brother, your sister, they are awesome. Let me know them after the Spirit. J John in his innocence, leant on Jesus' breast at the Last Supper, didn't he? Close, intimate, yes? And he just, you know, it's like my son David. He just loves giving me hugs, and I also love giving him hugs. So, you, you know, all cuddly and like that. That's how John was with Jesus, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Yeah? He knew Jesus after the flesh, and he knew Jesus was a nice guy. You know, you can put your head on him, yeah? <laughs> but in Revelation 1, when he saw who Jesus really is, he fell down like one who's dead, didn't he? Now, if I saw you in your born-again spirit, I might also go, oh, oh, and fall down as dead. Because he, as he is, so are we in this world. Amen. Say it to yourself. As he is. So are we in this world. You are awesome. You are just like Jesus. You are the Jesus people are going to see. Yeah? If you will walk by faith and know it, that even when you're in your failures, you are still a child of God and you are loved by God. Amen. So I hope that can encourage you. Uh, I think maybe I'm, I'm done. I hope that's encouraging you. Should we just pray? Yeah, let's pray. Yeah, Father God, I thank you for the fun that we've had today. Fun that's based on what you've done in our lives. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for calling us to be your people. I speak unity and love and joy over this congregation that people would know who they are in you, Jesus. Even in their darkest moments when they feel like they've failed, that they would know that you are faithful and you are still for them. Holy Spirit, we thank you. You said you would never leave us nor forsake us. You are our comforter. You are our counselor. We thank you for it. And I pray excellence over this church, a sound of joy going out from this church this year, that people would be drawn to it, the love, the joy, the victory. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Lift a little bit of my shirt, is it?